You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. This episode of No Credentials Required is brought to you by Hoff and Pepper Hot Sauce. Handcrafted with farm-fresh jalapenos and habaneros, Hoff's original Hoff Sauce has gone on to win numerous awards and gain international recognition. Hoff and Pepper always strives to create sauces and seasonings that enhance flavors with balanced heat profiles. Every one of their handmade products is manufactured in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and is naturally vegan and gluten-free. Shop today at hoffandpepper.com, and when you enter promo code BELLYUP at checkout, you'll save 10% off your purchase. This is No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Corey Mansfield and Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Credentials Required. We are part of Belly Up Sports and always a part, powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. And on with me is a man who believes in Christmas miracles, Corey Mansfield. Corey, how are we doing tonight? I do believe in Christmas miracles, and I have no faith in some of the delivery companies at this point, but we're going to get through it. We will get through it together. Yeah, so what what happened before the show? Uh, I I Basically, we've been waiting on a package from my daughter, her big gift, um, for about, I would say, about a, a little over a month, and uh, we were waiting for it. The company who was sending it said it was delayed, delayed, kept on saying delays. We, we were pretty understanding. Um, and then FedEx said it was delivered today and uh, we didn't get a delivery. And then, um, as I'm getting ready to call FedEx, a nice lady calls me from a couple streets over and says, I have your package here. Whoa. And yeah. And so, uh, fortunately she was a really nice lady. We had a nice little talk, you know, nice little holiday chat on the phone. Um, she, she left it outside by her garage and I went over, it was literally less than a quarter mile from my house, went over and picked it up. So crisis averted temporarily because 
my wife is still waiting on three gifts, two of which are mine. So mm-hmm. I'm sure those are getting delivered all over the capital region. So, <laughs> well, I was I'm, I was waiting on a package for a couple of friends. I ordered I ordered some uh, uh, hop and pepper hot sauce from who's one of our sponsors. Uh, they uh, I, I got a few they had a, they had a nice deal where you bought three packs of their uh, four pack uh, of their uh, sauces. You get barbecue, you get the regular. Original hot sauce, the green, mean green, which is the jalapeno based, and the uh, smoked ghost, smoked ghost, mm-hmm. which are all delicious, by the way. Um, you bought three packs, you get a fourth one free. So I got four packs of this stuff to deliver to fr- give to friends and and uh, one of my family members. So so yeah, I got delivered today. I ordered about I think I ordered it last Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. That's still not that bad for a delivery turnaround. No, I mean I know things are kind of crazy right now with. You know, between COVID and people ordering their gifts online uh, for the entire, basically for the entire shopping season because of COVID, people are afraid to go out there outside. You know, you know, I'll brave the, I'll, I'll brave whatever needs to be brave to, to go somewhere. But it's just crazy that you know people are, you know, companies are expressing patience and, you know, it's a, you know, thankfully it's a miracle <laughs> that uh, your your uh, your daughter's uh, gift got delivered today. Yeah. yeah. So. So we're going to get into some Christmas related Christmas related stuff later. Uh, I'm going to, but first we have some things to discuss. We had last week off because last week we took off because Corey had some. Well, Corey and I both had scheduling conflicts, so we couldn't record last week's episode. But if you get a chance, uh, go back and listen to last our last episode. We have our we had our friend Colin Taylor, Kit Taylor, formerly of the Albany Empire. He's a he's a uh, uh, I guess you could say a stunt athlete. In the latest uh, Disney football movie, uh, uh, Safety, which I got a chance to watch this weekend, it's actually really good. Mm-hmm. So if you have Disney Disney Plus, go check it out. All right, so we're going to get started with our sports topics tonight. We're going to talk about the NHL. The 2021 season is officially on. We'll also get our college football playoff reaction. Um, pretty sure Corey has some things to say about that. Uh, we'll also talk about the Mandalorian. Season finale spoilers inc- spoilers are included, so if you haven't watched it yet, you can skip over that part. Then we'll go over some of our Christmas favorite Christmas movie movies movies. Oh my gosh, I can't talk tonight. Our favorite Christmas movies and music. So Corey, let's start off with the NHL. And last Friday night, late Friday night, it was announced that the NHL and the NHLPA came to an agreement to have a 56 game regular season in 2021, and I don't know about you. I'm pretty excited to see hockey back on the ice again. Yeah, it's good that they're going to play. I mean, I think everybody pretty much knew they were going to play. It was just a matter of time for them coming to an agreement. Whether we get through the full season or if they play, the the small amount of games I think leaves it open for – um, obviously delays and cancellations and all that stuff that's has been going on with COVID. So um, it'll be exciting to see. I mean, that's what three fourths of a season they're going to be playing. So I'm Just pretty excited about, about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. So in addition to the 56 game schedule, we also have new divisions. I don't know if you got a chance, if you got a chance to look at the new, the, well, the real line divisions for this year. So we're going to have an all-Canadian team division. So in addition to – which will be called the North, the North division. And then we have alignments, realignments in three different uh, divisions. 
So we have the East, which is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, Philadelphia, Washington, and Islanders, and Rangers, and Pittsburgh. (laughs) And you got Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay in the Central. And finally out West, you got Arizona, Anaheim, Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota, St. Louis, San Jose, and Vegas. That's a pretty weird alignment to go to go with. Yeah, I mean, these alignments, I think, were long overdue. I think that they, I, I mean, outside the can, the Canada conference, I think they did a you know a pretty. I mean, obviously for obvious reasons they did that, but um, I think that it was. I think that the NHL really needed to take a long look at. Um, realigning these, these conferences and these divisions. And um, I still think when they come back to a normal schedule, they're going to have to do it again. I think that they were all still all really messed up. I think they could have did a better job. But these are going to be interesting to see. The one thing it's going to do, and I and I, I, I this is what I really love about hockey, is and it's going to bring back some geographic rivalries. Um, and that's a big thing. And I, I really, honestly, I, I just wish that if you look at that, the only, the only conference that doesn't have an eighth team in it is the the North. Right. There's, there's only seven Canadian teams. And obviously if they were to keep these going for, further, um, I don't know where Seattle would play into that, the Kraken, um, but you would have an uneven amount of division. Somebody would have to do something. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I think it's a great thing, great job. Uh, I just wish that there'd be another Canadian team, personally, <laughs> to even it out. Eighteen, right? And and well, for years well, they were talking about Quebec City getting a team again, but I think they will once they realize Florida uh, being the Panthers is a complete train wreck in terms of ownership and um, people not coming to the games. I mean, yeah. I mean it's, it's they're the New York Jets of the NHL where. Yeah. You have everybody else's team playing there. Everybody else's fans showing up for your games. So, so you know, I think eventually they'll they'll move to Quebec City. They got that Videotron Arena up there. It's a brand new arena. It's supposedly really nice. Um, the one thing about the Canadian teams, and I was listening to uh, the Thirty One Thoughts podcast uh, that has Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet. If you get don't get a chance to. If you're going to listen to a hockey podcast, listen to that one because Friedman has inside knowledge in just about everything NHL. Merrick is a complete hockey nerd. It's just awesome to hear them talk. But they talked about, I guess, Canada is going to – each province in Canada is going to have special lockdown restrictions now. Um, Ontario, Ontario just announced they're going to have lockdown restrictions starting at 12.01 on, on Saturday. <laughs> uh, Alberta just coming out, just, is just coming out of one – BC might have one, Quebec might have one, but they've also talked about the Canadian teams playing and playing in the United States in order to prevent, and just in case they can't play at their respective arenas, because the government of Ontario hasn't announced that they're going to play. They're going to let the Senators and, and the Maple Leafs play. So the worst comes to worse, you might see Vancouver play in Seattle's arena for the season. Yeah. Uh, you might see other teams sharing arenas. So it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of things come up in the next, in the next couple of weeks, uh, whether or not they'll be 
allowed those Canadian franchises will be allowed to play at their respective arenas. So they also announced this afternoon that there's going to be a new offside rule uh, for the season starting this well starting this season. Um, says the new language for rule 83.1 reads a player is onside when either of his skates are in contact with the blue line or on his side of the blue line at the instant the puck completely crosses the leading edge of the blue line. Now it looks like this was put, put in place to reduce the amount of challenges for by coaches for offsides. There were 75 last season and 56 being 56 of those calls being overturned. So is that, do you think that's a smart idea for them to kind of tweak the rule a little bit to make sure the challenges don't get don't don't have as many challenges? Uh, I, I mean, anything to speed up the game. I mean, that's what these uh, you know leagues are trying to do. You look at all of them; they're trying to speed up the game, make it more you know keep the 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 fans' attention into the game. I mean, when you have a challenge uh, in a game, and you, you just said seventy five of them, um, that's seventy five opportunities that people will get up. Or flip the channel. You know, nobody wants to watch a, especially the, uh, the, the the fan, the you know the the not the the rap the big big fan, but the you know casual fan. You know, you see a a, a review come up, you just okay, I'm going to shut it off. This this is you know. So I think it's it's going to help keep the interest of the fans and hopefully keep the 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 speed of the game going. Yeah, and they also announced some COVID protocols. Uh, Team teammates aren't they're not, they're not for once tra- when they're traveling. Now they're one to a room, they're not two to a room. Uh, they have uh, COVID protocols where if there's a positive di- diagnosis, players must relate. They must allow, follow isolation guidelines with their public local public health regulations. So it's not so much with the league saying that rule, but they're consistent. They're making it so that aligns with local public health or like regulations. So it's going to be different in different states and provinces. And players must be cleared by a cardiologist and a team physician before they return to ice. So that's pretty smart. I mean, you want to make sure that your, your, your best players are are in good shape, good enough shape to, uh, to travel. They're not high risk. I mean, you saw, I mean, I I know I'm pretty sure you saw that uh, Henrik Lundqvist had to opt out this year because he had a heart condition. That was, I, I don't know if you knew about this. He had a heart condition. I had no idea that, he had this heart condition that would prevent him from playing this year. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what you find out sometimes about players and, you know, that was really shocking, but again, you know, it's, it could be the end of his career. I mean, when you're talking heart condition, you're talking a very serious thing. So, yeah. Well, our, our, our thoughts go out to him. Hopefully he'll return to the ice next season. Um, if not, it's very, that would be a very sad and, and uh, a pretty Pretty good career, uh, you know. I, as a Devils fan, I begrudgingly respect him. I'm pretty sure Corey is the same way as an Islanders yeah. fan, but but hopefully it's not. Hopefully it is not that way. That he will be back next season, and yeah, you know, yeah. So you know, I'm just happy that there's a season. I'm pretty sure you're happy there's a season. Just follow our respective teams again. And what I understand, every team's going to play each other at least eight times, seven or eight times this year. Uh, so, so rivalries that are rivalries that are uh, long-standing, they're going to keep going. They're going to get more, gonna get more uh, heated up. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. 
All right, so moving on from the NHL, we're going to talk about the NCAA, talk about the football situation with uh, the college football playoff. And this past Sunday, if you don't follow college football, well, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. Well, now you know. <laughs> uh, four teams announced as, as the finalists for the college football playoff. As expected, Alabama is number one, Clemson's number two, Ohio State number three, Notre Dame number four. Boring. <laughs> Boring. Corey, what's your take on the the what's your take on the college football playoff? Outside of Notre Dame, you probably could have said those three top three teams were going to be the top three teams beginning of the season. Um, and that was – it's kind of a, you know, why did I watch this season? These are the three teams everybody thought was going to be there. There's no surprises. Um, you know, obviously Notre Dame beat Clemson earlier in the season and then Clemson just destroyed them um, last week. So even if Clemson – I think Clemson would have lost to Notre Dame again – I still think they would have got in. I think a two a two loss Clemson team would have got in gotten in over a one loss Texas A and M team, um, and and I, and I feel bad for Texas A and M because I think that Notre Dame isn't as good as they as they are. I mean, they played in the ACC, which outside of Clemson and and maybe North Carolina isn't isn't that great. It's definitely down a down year for the ACC. So, you know, to have two ACC teams in that playoff, I was kind of scratching my head. I thought, you know, A&M, you know, I think they lost their – did they lose their first game of the year? Or they, they they lost Alabama the first game of the year. And, you know, that's a hard – I mean, you, when you lose to Alabama, that's that's your only loss. That's, you know, and, and you, you know, run the table. I think you need to be in the conversation or be in it. You shouldn't be left out. And I, I think this is where – and I think we both agreed on this – you need to expand the college football playoff. And I, I my, and, and this is just how I feel about it, is I think every Power 5 team, the conference champion, gets an automatic bid. You have two at-large bids, and then you have one uh, group of five uh, get in based on the selection committee. Eight going in. I, I don't think eight teams is going to hurt anybody. I think it's gonna only going to make it more exciting. And that's just how I feel. And I think you kind of – I know you, you you have the same sentiment about expanding it. Yep. Actually, I've, I've got an article going up uh, today, <laughs> Wednesday. Uh, we record on t- – or we usually record on Tuesday and tomorrow, Wednesday, we drop the episode. Uh, but I, I'm actually writing an article pretty similar to one I wrote on on, um, on Broken Bat Media a couple of years ago after after the really disappointing 
uh, semifinal games that would happen tw- back in 2018. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think you should expand the field to at least 16 to 16 because you get all 10 conference, you get all 10 conference champions represented, and you get six at large bids. So there's not as much controversy as to who gets in. Like Notre Dame didn't win their, they didn't win the ACC, but they're traditionally uh, independent. So they usually and they usually play a tougher schedule because they have Stanford included, they have USC included, uh, and you know a couple other other uh, opponents on an independent schedule. But this year they played a very, as you mentioned, Corey, a very down AC, down year for the ACC. And the only play, the only teams that really played them tough were Clemson. And Louisville and and North Carolina, arguably. Um, so you know, the one loss Notre Dame team, they'll be going to the college football playoff. I I, I have my disagreements with them. I also have my disagreements with Ohio State because 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 the Big Ten did so much to accommodate them while not accommodating other teams. Uh, they said originally said we're gonna play we're gonna play we're gonna play a full schedule next year interconference. Great. Ten days later, they said the, the season's off. Then they scrambled to get a season going again, and then they had they announced an eight-game schedule. They had a minimum of six games played in order to qualify for the championship. Ohio State only played five. They said, no, we're going to change the rule again. So they keep moving the goalposts, so to speak, uh, no pun intended because it's football, for one team because they knew if they won the championship game, they were going to be uh, – they were going to be – Selected for the, the the third or fourth spot for the college football playoff, and I think, I think, I think the Big Ten should be ashamed of themselves, <laughs> to be quite honest, because of the way they treated other teams this year that wanted to play outside of conference. If they uh, had their conference game canceled, like Nebraska, they had their they were going to play Wisconsin, and they Wisconsin had to call off the game because of COVID because of increased COVID tests. They wanted to play Nebraska wanted to play Chattanooga. Big Ten put put the squash on it. They said no, absolutely not. So, so I I think the Big Ten has a lot of things to do for next year, especially. I think by I think by next year we'll be back to normal in terms of um, more games, bigger schedule, regular schedule, basically. But I think the Big Ten has a lot to a lot of inward thinking to do <laughs> when it comes to um, how they treat non-traditional teams in their in their in their conference yeah i mean the big the big 10 is i love big 10 football but what they did this year was a shame and and you know the one thing i did notice is that ohio state is their baby i mean they really are and they're they're the team that's you know it's you know the sec you could say that there's a number of teams that that they push for, but the Ohio state is the team that's the big 10. And, and, you know, Ohio state, I don't think is, are they good? They're, I don't know. They're good, but they're not that great. I mean, Justin Fields is really exposed. If you get to him, you if you get him off his spot, you can make him make bad decisions. And I mean, Ryan day was in in that game against Northwestern was shaking his head a couple of times. He's like, what is he doing out there? Um, And they were talking about how, you know, um, he always thinks he can make a play. He doesn't get rid of the ball in situations where he should just be getting rid of it, throwing it in the stands. He's always thinking about making a play, and I think that's going to hurt them down the road. And you know, I, I you're looking at this this semifinal matchup. You know, you have Trevor Lawrence going against Justin Fields, Clemson against Ohio State. I mean, I, Clemson is a complete team. 
all the way across the board. I mean, they're a complete team. They have a better defense. They have a better offense. I wouldn't be shocked if this was similar to a Louisiana State Oklahoma game last year, where they just, you know, just took them took them to town right out, right out of the gate. I think Clemson wins this big, and you know, and I I think Alabama is going to just destroy Notre Dame. So I think it's same old, same old again. College football fans are going to see Alabama Clemson in the final, and people don't want to see that. That's why they need to expand. People yeah. want to see that upset. I mean. You think about this, you know, you look, you, you know, what's the greatest upset arguably in sports history? The, you know, the, the U.S. versus, you know, Soviet Union in 1980 Olympic hockey, you know, and that was because it was such an underdog thing. You know, if, if, if let's say the Olympics weren't, if the USA didn't get in the Olympics out there, that would have never happened. And this is where I say, you know, I want the underdogs. I want these teams you don't know in that or they have the chance to play. I'm not saying three lost team in the college football playoff by no means. What I'm saying is if you have teams that are deserving with one loss, you know, if you have like 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 what right now, Coastal Carolina, you know, Cincinnati, the, all those teams have gripes to be in this thing. Yep. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, Coastal Cincinnati, I think legitimately, legitimately should have gone number four because based on their record, they're, they have a perfect record. They're – they, you know, they won the cha- they won the conference championship. They beat, I think, what three top twenty-five teams. Yep. And what's their reward? Uh, what's their reward? Well, they're playing in the Peach Bowl, so they got a New Year's Day game, which is good, which is which is which is great. They're playing uh, Georgia, I'm, right? Is it Georgia? They're playing Georgia. Yeah. Yep. No, they're playing Georgia. Coastal Carolina. Meanwhile, I thought they should have been in a top. I thought they should have been. In a New Year's Day six ball, I think they should have gotten a rematch with BYU. However, they're playing in the Cure Bowl against Liberty, who they would have played uh, would have played in early December if not Liberty had those COVID cases. And then Coastal Carolina got BYU instead. So BYU and BYU's playing right now. They're playing in the UCF. Uh, they're, yeah, they're playing UCF in the RoofClaim.com Booker Atone Bowl. Oh my God. <laughs> And, you know, Ryan, I'll take it a step further with Cincinnati. I think they're the best team in Ohio. I'm not going to disagree with you there. <laughs> I think they are. And, 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 and that's the thing is I think that – I think the threat to these big major programs are these smaller programs taking some – their, of their thunder away. You know, you look at Alabama's and the Clemson's. They're always in it. it it's mm-hmm. you so – in Ohio State, you're so sick of hearing. I mean, if you were to if if, if you were to put those three teams, say, are these three teams going to be in it this year? That combination of three teams or the field, you would always bet on those three teams. Right. That's just how how it is. And I and, and you know how I feel about it. I like seeing the underdog teams. I'll watch any any game. I was watching the Tulane uh, game before this against um, uh, Nevada. I mean, that's I, I love college football, and that's what. I, but I don't love it when I got to watch Alabama play Clemson in the national championship game. It gets old. It gets stale. People don't want to see that. They need to expand. No, I agree. And I, I, I noted in the article that's going to go up, and uh, that's going to go up on uh, on BellyUpSports.com. I listed the number of teams that have been in the seven seasons that the CFP has been around. Can you guess how many teams have actually gone to the CFP? Nine. Nope. How many? Close. Eleven. Okay. Alabama's been to all but one. Clemson has been to all but one. Ohio State's been in four. 
Notre Dame's been in two. Oklahoma's been in two. Oklahoma's been in four. The remaining teams were Oregon, Florida State, Michigan State, Washington, Georgia, and LSU. They've only been once. So eleven teams in seven seasons. My my scientific formula, and I, and I made I you know, this is based on science because we all know the science rules. It, it equals boring. <laughs> it does. Seeing the, seeing the same teams over and over and over again just makes it stale. And adding more teams would make the format fresh. So, Agreed. Well, we're going to move on from there. So we're going to limit our – we kind of talked all our sports that we usually follow in this set, in the last two segments. We're going to touch briefly upon the Mandalorian. Corey, did you get a chance to finish the Mandalorian uh, this season? Ryan, come on. <laughs> That's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> So what did you think of the season? We, we talked we, we, we touched briefly on the, probably the first two episodes of, of the season. We didn't really go into it uh, because we had guests and we had different different uh, topics to talk about or, or things to rant about. But what was your feeling about this season? What did you think about the season finale? What did you think of the story, plot line? What, what was your feeling on it? Well, I think the big thing that we realized out of all this is that The Mandalorian is going to be the uh, – it was really the basis for a different direction of Lucasfilm and the Star Wars – whole universe um dave filoni and john favreau really took the mandalorian in a totally different direction than i think anybody thought it would be um you know when it first started it's like oh here's a guy he's a bounty hunter okay is it boba fett no it's not boba fett okay and then they get this storyline about trying to reunite you know who we now his name is grogu with jedis um, and he gets, you know, Osaka Tano doesn't want to take him. And eventually, spoiler, um, Luke Skywalker comes and takes him. And you're just like, now they're starting to bring in the aspects of the old and then the new. And the best thing about this, and, and, and really what I loved in this, was it really didn't touch upon the sequels which people mm-hmm. didn't like. It kind of developed its own – I mean it touched on them briefly just a little bit, like hinting towards Snoke and and you know maybe they were like in a cl- making clones or trying to develop something um, when they were at that one um, – you know, the abandoned um, Empire building. But I, I just thought it was great. I mean the last episode was – I mean – when they say, oh, it's an X-Wing fighter. Oh, a single X-Wing. Great. And then all of a sudden. Identify like, yourself and he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And then and it's like, it's like, what's more recognizable about Luke Skywalker than an X-Wing? Like who's going to c- come out of nowhere with an X-Wing? And then you see him walking in with the, with the cloak over him and he's walking in and he just, he just destroys the dark trooper. Plays waste to the dark, to the dark troopers. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, we see all that. We see the settlement ending where Jin Jarin takes off his mask and Grogu touches his face and, you know, we get all that. Then we think it's over. And then for those people who just, you know, get up and go do something else, the people who are smart and wait for the after credits get introduced to, I believe, the 13th Star Wars series they're going to have coming out. The Book of Boba Fett, which is going to be awesome, too. Yeah, But it's just crazy on the spinoff. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nuts with all the, the different... Uh, Star Wars and Marvel series that Disney Disney Plus is going to put is going to release in the next couple of years. Uh, the book of Boba Fett you mentioned uh, a droid a droid's tale or a droid story. I can't remember the t- exact title, but I thought I, I had a thought about that uh, that you know I, they should really make a story about droids. And guess what? Droids are coming, <laughs> whether you like them or not. Uh, but no, I, I I really like the development of the story. Of, the story uh, throughout the throughout the throughout this season, and uh, you know, with with Boba Fett coming back, uh, basically we found out that he never really died. Uh, neither did uh, his assassin friend. Um, then you saw the the uh, Cara Dune become a become a become a, a marshal for the Empire. Uh, you're you're introduced to uh, to. Crap, uh, her name. Republic for the Republic, not the Empire. All right, for the public. Sorry, for the Republic. Um, you're introduced to the uh, other Mandalorians. Uh, now, I'm kind of curious. I, I didn't watch at, after the credits. What happened? Do you think we have a developing story with the the dark saber? I because do. I, that's going to be season three. Back. Let's go to season three, of course. Yeah, because we don't know. We don't. We don't see what happens with the dark saber at the end. We just see. We just see. Skywalker take Rogu uh, upon uh, what the uh, to be trained, and I, I admit, you know, I'm I'm a guy who I'm a, I'm a person who gets a little little teary eyed every so while, you know, a little sentiment, a little sentiment at the end. Because at the end, you know, when he takes off his mask and or his helmet, and Grogu touches his face, and it's just the moment. <laughs> yep. So, you know, it was. It was but I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed season two. I'm, I'm looking forward to season three. I, I'm hoping it comes out comes out the same time it did this past year. And but Corey, guess what's coming up? What we have to talk about the next couple of weeks. What? Cobra Kai season three. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I don't know how I forgot. Cobra Kai. <laughs> and I don't know if you, I, I sent you a tweet. Guess who comes back? Besides, besides Allie. Chosen and Komiko. Yep, Komiko. Yep, yep. She comes back. Yep. Yep. So it's gonna be season three of Cobra Kai. It's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. All right. So we're gonna move on from the Mando, our Mando moment. We're gonna get into the Christmas season. I'm excited. I love Christmas. You know, some uh, so, as someone who's a person of faith, it's one of the it's one of the top tier holidays of the uh, of Christendom. Um, I have lots of good memories of Christmas, Corey. I'm pretty sure you do too. You know, you've got kids, so I'm pretty sure you've gone above and beyond to help them have a very merry Christmas this year. You should probably do every year as a parent, as as a parent would do. Yeah, I mean, you you always set yourself up to get a list for the kids. Like I was telling Ryan before the show, and then you overspend it by a lot. And you just, you know, you're always trying to, you always want that moment when they open that gift and they're just like, ah, 
and they scream <laughs> around like it's crazy. And, um, and I think, you know, part of that too, is everybody kind of wants to be the parent or the, the father in uh, a Christmas story. Like I got on the Red Rider BB gun. I kind of, you know, so um, we kind of did that this year. We kind of staged stuff a little bit for the kids so that it kind of, we get maximum um, happiness out of them. But yeah, it's uh, Christmas is always a fun time, especially uh, I remember when I was a kid and um, I got, we got our place, we got our Super Nintendo in 1992 or, or 93 or something. I forgot what year. It might've been 93 or 94. I forgot what year it was. Um, but we got hockey and we got play action football and that's all I did. And it was great. Play action football was such a great game, but it, look, going back, looking back on it now, and I do own it, it's terrible. Mm-hmm. But then it was awesome because <laughs> you would play the you had three different levels. You had high school, college, and pro. And when you played in college, you played as a team, and then you would see yourself on the rankings. And at the end of the year, you would get an invite to the bowl. It was like really cool. So, and and Vermont, who hasn't had a football since 1974, had a team on that on that game. Really. Yes, they did. Yeah. That's fun. So we're going to go through our top, I'd probably say top five Christmas songs and our top five Christmas movies. So I'll start off with the Christmas movies uh, from my top five. Top five, number five, Scrooged uh, Mm -hmm. from Bill Murray. But basically, well, 32 years later, a modernized version of A Christmas Carol uh, by by, uh, Charles Dickens. Number four, and I'm going, I'm going with non-traditional and traditional Christmas mu- Christmas movies. So number four, I have Rocky Four, appropriately enough. Right. And the only reason why it's, it's Rocky Four is because that fight between Drago and Rocky takes place on Christmas Day. Yep. So I consider it a Christmas movie. And same with number three, which is Die Hard. Uh, Die Hard takes place during a Christmas movie. You know, John McClane plays played by Bruce Willis. He and it's funny. The director actually came out. The director of Die Hard, John uh, McEnroe, he came out and said that yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So which which throws which is a whole new can of worms into the controversy between whether or not Bruce, whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I consider it a Christmas movie. Number two, uh, I'm gonna I have uh, I have National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's number two. My number one movie, because I've seen it over and over and over again, you should try to find new things when you when you watch a certain movie uh, repeatedly, A Christmas Story. I remember watching it when I was – I first watched it when I was seven years old. I watched it with my cousins and my, fam- and my brothers and my sister, and it's just nonstop shenanigans <laughs> from beginning to end as Ralphie tries to get his, his white whale – as it were, the Red Rider BB gun, like carbon action rifle with a compass and a stock and a thing that tells time. Yep. So my number one is Christmas Story. Corey, what's your top five Christmas movies? So I agree with you on number five, Scrooge. I think that's one of the most underrated Christmas movies of Absolutely. all time. It Absolutely. really is. Because it put a it put a very modern twist. And, and surprisingly, that came out before National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So that was right before that. I think of the year before. So Scrooge number five. Um, number four, and this is going to old school, is um, Miracle on 34th Street. Classic yep. movie. I love it. It's just – it's 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 timeless. Um, it has a good story to it. The ending is great. 
Uh, three is Elf. Um, I just love Elf just because it's so funny and it's just the the witty humor in it. And Will Ferrell is just great in it. I mean, uh, number two, and this is kind of vague, but any of the Christmas Carol movies, I don't care if it's with Reginald Owen from 1938 or if it's the Jim Carrey modern version, any, even the Muppets version of A Christmas Carol. The Christmas Carol is a great story in any version of it I love. I try to watch the Jim Carrey version or the Reginald Owen version um, on um, Christmas Eve and uh, and it leads me to my number one movie, which I watch on Christmas night every year for as long as I can remember and it's, it's A Wonderful Life. Um, hmm. Just a classic movie and really heartwarming and not only a great Christmas movie, but a great movie in general. Um, so yeah, those are my five. Your five Christmas movies. All yeah. right. And, and, and there's going to be plenty of debate as to – there's always plenty of debate uh, when it comes to Christmas movies, which one is the best, which one is considered traditional and non-traditional. Uh, we have an article on bellyupsports.com from Wayne, uh, who is actually uh, the one of the uh, co-hosts of the Infinity Sports podcast. He wrote about his top ten Christmas movies of all time, and he does not consider Die Hard a Christmas movie. I don't either. That's That's fine. That's fine. If you don't, that's not a big deal. And you know what's funny, Ryan? Neither one of us said it that Christmas about Christmas Vacation. That was on our list. Neither one of us. Oh, I said Christmas Vacation. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had number. I, I had as number two. Oh, did you? Okay, sorry. On my, on my list. So, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, you know, but there's plenty of out there. I mean, Home Alone is out there. Yeah. Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, Emmett. Otter's Christmas Jug Band. I remember that. that was funny. Yeah. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Yeah. And that could be the original cartoon from 1966, or it could be Jim Carrey's version, or the new version. Benedict, yeah, the Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch version. It's a good movie. From, we I watched think, it. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So that's our Christmas movies. So it's about Christmas songs, Corey. What do you consider your top five Christmas songs? And this could be this could be traditional. This could be non-traditional. I mean, some, some, I mean, it doesn't have to be. T- you don't have to have a top five ranked. But like, what are some of the songs that kind of bring you back to your childhood, or just, or just you enjoy listening to? I think um, one of the songs I totally forgot about, and every year I hear it, and then I think about, well, what a great song this is, is "Frosty the Snowman" by Willie Nelson. Like, really, just a good version of that song. Um, obviously a Christmas song by, um, Nat King Cole, just a great song. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Hark the Herald, uh, Hark the, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, um, that I, that's one of my favorite songs. So anybody who does that. And then really the white, the whole white Christmas album with Bing, Bing Crosby. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just really just a great album. I mean, it's got, ev- got so many good songs on it and, uh, Really kind of where I'm going. I'm not really into the more contemporary stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, you know, I don't, you know, everybody's just kind of rehashing. You know, when you hear, you know, Mariah Carey redoing, you know, a lot of older Christmas songs and you're just like, uh, she's okay. She does a really good job, but let's leave it to the people who did the classics. The one I will, I will give this the one song and my wife can attest to this that I hate and I will turn off in a heartbeat is Feliz Navidad. 
and 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 maybe and maybe for maybe and maybe this goes back to my my Spanish my, class, my Sp- Spanish class in you know I took Spanish from sixth grade to like twelfth grade, and I didn't I don't think I passed it at all, um, and that wasn't a prerequisite to get into college, thankfully. Um, yeah. but it was like, oh, well, it's Christmas time and every year. It's Feliz Navidad. It's like, do they have any other Christmas songs? Like usually like Spanish people are mostly are, are, are Christians, Catholics. You would think that they would have more Christmas songs, but Feliz Navidad is like the, 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 the song. And I'm just like, every time I hear it, I'm like, I cannot hear that. I cannot stand this and just click, turn it off. And I, I listen to Justin Bieber before I'd listen to Feliz Navidad. So. <laughs> You, you, so what you're saying is you'd rather have an ice pick taken to your eardrum than listen to Feliz Navidad. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So my my favorite Christmas songs. I, I like like I said I'm a faith based person. I like the traditional Christmas songs like uh, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. There's um, a version of. Uh, it came upon the midnight clear that I absolutely just love uh, by a, a band named Cutlass. They do a great version of it. Um, Advent songs like uh, "Oh Coming Come Emmanuel." There's a version by Suf John Suf John Stevens. He does an amazing version of that. But also like the non traditional, uh, like uh, I don't know if you know the uh, the McKenzie brothers. They were there was a there was a, there was a Corey, the uh, McKenzie brothers from SCTV from back in the day. Uh, no, there's an al- there's an album, and they have a, tr- a Twelve Days of Christmas, and oh yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I always get a lot out of it. Um, there's, you know, I'll be home with bells on by Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers. I actually have a Christmas playlist that I have. It's full of non-traditional and traditional songs. Uh, Dropkick Murphys original Christmas song, The Seasons Upon Us. Uh, Santa Stole My Lady by Fits in the Tantrums. Um, the one song I do not have, I refuse to put on there is War Is Over by John Lennon and Yoko Ono. Mm. And the well, the only reason why is because of Yoko Ono's voice on the chorus. It, it's like, it's nails on a chalkboard <laughs> to me. But one song I want to bring up, Corey... Do you know the song A Marshmallow World by Dean Martin? I do. Let me get your honest opinion about this. When he sings that song, is he absolutely loaded? Is he drunk? <laughs> he may be. I mean, those guys are always wasted. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure Burl Eyes was, was a little tipsy when he sang uh, Have a Holly Jolly Christmas. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean have a Holly Jolly Christmas. I mean, time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but bring me another beer. <laughs> Is he, I'm pretty sure he said he was saying that instead of have a cup of cheer. I mean, cup of cheer could be beer, could be a cordial, could be a shot of whiskey. But yeah, the marshmallow world. You know, I'm going to put that as a poll. I'm, I'm going to make that a poll on both our Twitter and our Facebook. Is Dean Martin absolutely loaded when he's singing on marshmallow world? You know what song I heard the other day? And it was on... I was listening to, I think it was my Amazon music. I just randomly put on like music and I didn't even know this song existed. Uh-oh. And it was from 1968, I believe by a guy named Clarence Carter. 
in the name of the song is Backdoor Santa. <gasps> yes. Yeah, I've heard I've heard that song before. I'm like, that came on. I was putting up Christmas lights and I'm like, wait a second here. What what is this? This is <laughs> I'm like, this is like the most inappropriate, like, and it's on like a Christmas classic song, and I never heard it before. And I hear it and I'm like, this is this is terrible. Like, I, but yeah, from 1968, and uh, it, 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 the lyrics are real quickly. I met a little shorty in my math class. I saw her with her Hello Kitty backpack. Uh, I love the way she talked when she turned. She turned on. I love the immaturity she bring on. Uh, a thick with a five eight body. <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait! I'm looking at the lyrics right now. I don't see that at all. All right, this might be a different backdoor Santa. I might be a different backdoor backdoor Santa, but how many backdoor Santas can there be? All right, well, okay, 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 okay. There's another part. one. All right, all right. So here's the other. Okay, I had the wrong one. I must have had like the uh, the rap the rap version of it. All right, so here we go. They call me backdoor okay. Santa. I make I make my runs about the break of day. They call me backdoor Santa. I make my runs the break of day. Uh, I make all the little girls happy while the boys are out to play. I mean that's. Oh my god, Santa's a hoe. Santa's a hoe. <laughs> I'm like Santa's a gigolo. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I mean it's like uh, oh yeah. So I mean, there's no, so so there's two there's two backdoor Santas apparently. Uh there's the, there's the like there's like the R-rated backdoor Santa, and then there's like the uh-huh. triple the triple X backdoor santa so if you hear either of them on amazon um i would turn it off but yeah yeah so you got either santa's a gigolo or santa is a possible pedophile yeah (laughs) (laughs) but well there's actually one song um i actually i remember a documentary by mick foley called i am santa i'm not sure if you ever watched that Corey. Mm. um it's actually a pretty good documentary he made it with uh morgan spurlock from uh from super size me yep yeah and he made this documentary about guys who play Santa Claus, uh, who are who are legitimate mall Santas, and they look the part all year long. And there's actually a guy in New York, New York, in the, on Long Island. He legally changed his name to Santa Claus, and he make, and he has a he has a legitimate side job called Santa 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 Claus and we're not getting paid for this by the way I just want to, I'm just mentioning it because it's part of the documentary but he has his own barbecue company called Santa Claus Santa's barbecue and he's based on Long Island and you know if we didn't have covid and I had my graduation party for my graduate from college I was going to have him come up and cater my graduation party but there's a song during uh, during that documentary and I didn't know about it until I watched it. Santa came home drunk by Clyde Lastly, by Clyde Lastly, and it's about how Santa stopped at somebody's house and had some had some had himself some gin, got really drunk, and it's on, it's in my it's in my playlist now. <laughs> until so, I until I remove it, but Ryan, you, you mentioned you mentioned backdoor Santa, and I just had to look that up. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yep. So one thing, and I'm not, I'm not going to scare you, and I don't want to scare the listeners out there, but one of the images I always remember of, and I don't know why, and maybe it was because I watched this over Halloween, but there is a famous Christmas, I don't know if you would say episode or part of a movie, 
Um, do you do you remember Tales from the Crypt with the ha 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 the Crypt Keeper? Sadly, yes. Okay. So <laughs> I had a few teachers like that too. <laughs> like in that. <laughs> in uh, nineteen seventy two, I want to say it was they came out with the original. Uh, yeah, 1972, the original Tales from the Crypt, where they go into the crypt and the Crypt Keeper is in there and he tries to show these people, you know, you know what they've done in their life and all this crap, you know, stuff going on with that. There is an episode called, um, uh, what is it called here? In All Through the House. Do you remember this? No. Okay. So real quickly, there was two different versions of it. There was one that was made for a TV series for Tales of Crypt later. And then there was one that was made in the movie. But what it is, is it was a lady kills her husband on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. And she's trying to cover up the body and a homicidal maniac dressed like Santa escapes from a mental institution and comes and basically wreaks havoc on her. So uh, we talk about Christmas movies and all that. That is one of the memories I have because I remember watching that as a kid. And then I just watched Tales from the Crypt um, two months ago and I just came into my head. But yeah, definitely a Krampus type thing. Um, I don't know if anybody believes in Krampus, but. Well, I, I, I believe in Belschnickel from The Office. <laughs> Have you been impish, or have you been ad- have you been admirable this year, Corey? I've been I've been admirable. I've been impish and admirable. But speaking of before we wrap things up, Corey. Speaking of Christmas movies, I I completely forgot about the Spirit of Christmas, which was the prelude to South Park. That was a short that was a short film okay. that launched South Park. I think I still have a copy of it on my on my on my laptop. Uh, but yeah, and, and then. I just heard about this movie yesterday while I was listening to, I think it was uh, Daily Wire backstage. There's there's a new Christmas movie that's coming out this year. Actually, it just came out in November called Fat Man. Hmm. Starring Mel Gibson as Santa Claus. <laughs> uh, and this is the description on IMDb. I kid you not, but I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> A rowdy, unorthodox Santa Claus is fighting to save his declining business. Meanwhile, Billy, a neglected and precocious 12-year-old, hires a hitman to kill Santa after receiving a loaf of coal in his stocking. What? That, <laughs> I, I don't know how to... Christmas night. I don't even know how to respond to that. It's like... I, I just listen. I just heard the trailer. I haven't actually seen the trailer, but after this, I got actually recording another podcast after this, and I'll, I'm definitely gonna watch the trailer between. Oh, I, actually, I'm not recording. I'm actually I'm not recording, but I'm gonna watch the trailer. I'll definitely post that to our to our to our social media accounts because I, I just I just heard it. I haven't actually watched it, but it. But Mel Gibson's playing Santa Claus. It's gonna be nuts, <laughs> and you can watch it on Prime Video for six ninety nine. So I may rent this for Christmas. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that does just just about wraps things up for this edition of No Credentials Required. This is the Christmas show. Uh, we do really thank you for listening to us. Since uh, uh, you know, and I want to thank you, Corey, for will, be willing, being willing to. Come, come back and 
uh, with podcasting and, and relaunching this podcast because I, I don't know about you. I, I've had a lot of fun doing this podcast yeah, since we started since we started doing this in, in August. Yeah, and I want to thank you for being a part of it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan, for having me. It's been it's been fun, you know, being able to talk some sports, talk to some people, and we have a lot more stuff lined up down the road. Um, yeah, once once you know, kind of a lull in sports right now, but yeah, it's been fun, it really has. Yeah, I, I I think I think next week we'll we'll probably we probably won't do a show. We'll probably take take we'll probably lay low for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, I know I know I'll be in a I'll be in a jolly mood on Christmas Day, making peppermint pat making Archer's peppermint patty and uh, cooking some dinner for my parents and my sister. So uh, Corey, I'm pretty sure you got some uh, cool things going for you with your family this Christmas. So eggnog, so, um, just eggnog, eggnog. Yes. Not, yeah. <laughs> What's up? Bringing your pound of, uh, I bring your pound of uh, coffee from. Uh, oh yeah, that's real. Coffee, so, gotta get you that, get that to you. Uh, but in the meantime, again, folks, we want to thank you for listening to No Credentials Required. Again, we're powered by the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. Go check out our social media accounts uh, on Twitter at Belly Up NCR and on Facebook.com. You can look for Belly Up sports ncr our page will be there uh, we usually have uh, our, our previews for the episodes and go listen on many of the major uh, podcasting platforms apple Podcasts, spotify uh, google play we really love, love you, for you to leave a review we got a five-star review we actually have a five-star review on apple Podcasts, so nice. very cool to see that we've got well one out of one but still <laughs> hopefully we'll get some more hopefully some more down the road but also on BellyUpSports.com, we've got articles, we've got more podcasts, and we got more podcasts coming up very, very soon. That includes Slapshot Sweethearts. Uh, actually, on my on my on my uh, live show around for the weekend uh, this past Friday, I had I had both Shannon and Megan, who are the co-hosts of Slapshot Sweethearts. They're two gals who who love themselves some hockey. You're going to talk some hockey, so go ahead and listen to that once it launches. And it's going to launch next. Thursday the 31st so I'll be definitely we're definitely subscribing to that and giving it a listen uh both Shannon and Meg were very fun they were we, we had a lot of fun on on, on around for the weekend so I'll go I, I encourage you to go check it out when hockey starts up again and uh their podcast starts next Thursday the 31st so on behalf of Corey Manfield actually Corey do you have any last words no no it was a it was a great year and um We'll we'll look forward to 2021. Absolutely, and again for my for, my, for Corey Mansfield, uh, I'm I'm uh, your co-host Ryan McCarthy. I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and until next time, we'll save you a seat in the media booth. Intro and outro music is On the Verge by Joseph McDade. Check out his music and support him on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Thank you for listening to No Credentials Required, powered by Belly Up Sports and a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. For more articles and podcasts, visit bellyupsports.com. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.